What's up, y'all? Welcome to a very special Southerness Underground podcast episode. This episode is just going to be a really uh, short interview uh, we did with Chef Javier Placencia out of Tijuana. Uh, really quick, we met him on June 7th at the Monterey Bay Aquarium Cooking for Solutions weekend. He was very gracious to meet us at his hotel on Sunday morning. He was very busy. He had a demo later on that day. He had about a 30-minute period where he could meet us, and, and he said, hey, well, if you guys can meet me, then let's do this. Um, so, yeah, so we, we freaking trek, trekked it out to Monterey very early on a Sunday morning and, and got a chance to interview Chef Placencia. A uh, really quick little bio on him. He is, uh, again, from Tijuana. He owns several restaurants in Tijuana and, and San Diego. Uh, he comes from a, a, a restaurant family. That he actually is uh, one of the owners of a... Hotel Caesars in Tijuana, which is actually where they invented the Caesar salad, and uh, so that's a pretty pretty cool story there. And his newest restaurant is a restaurant called Bracero in San Diego's Little Italy neighborhood, which is going to open up here in, in about a couple of days. Um, so, yeah, along those lines, we we wanted to start the interview there. You know, being from Salinas Valley, knowing all these farm workers, being the the, the sons of farm workers. Uh, we we wanted to ask him how do we show that off? The the farm worker is is a very maligned uh, per- person sometimes. Uh, some people see them as a nuisance in their cities. Uh, some some people you know don't understand uh, the culture they they might come from or something, so they get upset. I mean, and they, dude, read grapes of wrath. Read grapes of wrath. It, it ain't it ain't because it's brown people, dude. It, it's just the, the farm worker has always been your labor is. is it's hard for people to, to put a value on that. And so we asked him, is, oh, as a chef, you have the opportunities. You know, he was in the, been featured in The New Yorker. He's been featured in New York Times. He has, you know, he's countless other TV shows. Anthony Bourdain is going to, to Tijuana to eat at his restaurants. And, and so, you know, as a chef, you have all these opportunities to put your face out there to be very popular. Um, but the reason why you're able to do that is because of the farm worker, the, the, the very lowest level of, of that ladder. And um, how do we showcase that? How, how do we show that off? And, you know, how, how do we give them a, a, an opportunity to, to feel like they're part of that food chain, to feel like, you know, they had something to do with that very, very fancy plate that is being served up at, at, a, at a fine dining establishment? And how, how do, we, how do bring, we bring that in? And we started our conversation there, and here's his response. I've been to Salinas uh, before. I haven't opened Brasero yet. It's going to be open on, on this month of June 23rd, 24th. Uh, and we did a research on Braceros and we started it at, in Salinas. With, uh, we had, we interviewed uh, several uh, ex-Braceros that still live there. Yeah. They made a life there and uh, just happy stories, you know. They chose how they used to work, even how they used to... The, uh, Called that the thing small the, hand, hand, yeah, the chiquito, or something. yeah, yeah. And uh, it was an amazing uh, stories, and uh, we just wanted to pay tribute to all these people uh, with a restaurant. Yeah, to we're in a fancy neighborhood. It's Little Italy, where uh, you know fancy tourists come and foodies. But yeah, that we want to tell a story. We want we want to pay tribute to all these people that. I've worked and still work the land, and people don't even know where their food comes from. Yeah. So we kind of want to 
tell that story and and, and, and pay respect for these people. Um, yeah, we we, we in, in Tijuana in Baja California. Um, I mean, we do what on my part. I do what I can. Always trying to, you know, to. I want the, the, the workers, for instance, the Valle Guadalupe, we have the around 68 wineries and they have uh, Fiestas de la Vendimia every year, which is in August, and uh, everybody comes from central Mexico, lots of people from California to celebrate the harvest of the, of the wine. Yeah. But nobody thinks about the person that picked those grapes, yeah. you know, and uh, it, they, they have families, they have kids do it, uh, their grandpas do it. And it's just a community of hard workers that when you're drinking that amazing wine at a fancy restaurant, nobody thinks about who picked those grapes, you know, what time they woke up uh, in the morning to pick those grapes, how, how many hours they work. So we're trying to change that uh, conception and, 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 and tell that story to, to our guests at a restaurant there. So what we're doing this year, for example, is we're going to have a fiesta. Uh, instead of doing a party for the the fancy dinner, uh, which we are, but we're going to do another event just for those people and their families and yeah. invite our customers and everybody and celebrate with them so they can feel, you know, they feel uh, like they belong to all this uh, movement. Uh, that sounds like the uh, at the end of harvest they will often do a party for all the people, all the pickers, and they'll cook a pig, you know, they'll yes, roast a pig in the, exactly. in the ground or whatever. We want to do a... Uh, but yours is going to be, instead of just with winery, it's it's that's the restaurant experience. It's your, it's your suppliers yes, and your producers? We're going to bring them to the restaurant and have, uh, just like we do with the clients, have a big uh, party. Uh, we're going to do barbacoa, we're going to have a norteño music, we're going to have, of course, lots of wine, but it's for them. And we're going to have people that have a say come and talk to them and make them feel part of, of, of all this. Uh, I would love to go. <laughs> I would love to report on that and You'll capture have the it. invitation for sure. Yeah, so yeah, that was, um, that was an interesting response when he first mentioned that, oh man, yeah, I know Salinas. And it was like, what the? We, we didn't expect that. We, we didn't know that he was, he was familiar with our town. But that, that was a, a very a well thought out response and... Uh, I, I don't know. Again, I was it was I was more amazed that uh, when he was starting his research for Bracero, he started it here in Salinas. Um, again, that's another another point of pride, you know, that really gets gets forgotten is um, to the people that that depend on Salinas Valley produce. We're a very we're really important to them. We're really important, and, and they appreciate us, and and they want us to stay around and then they want us uh you know to for this industry to stay healthy so it, it was really you know that was really refreshing to, to know that he started it here in Salinas and he interviewed Bacetos and he didn't just pick a name that he thought would would, would attract attention it it was really a, a well thought out process um so yeah so you know really really appreciate that answer and so our our second question then went on about uh, his hometown of Tijuana and had he seen a change since since he started his his endeavor to to change his his town and and the perception of it and and yeah well here yes, here's yes, his response definitely I mean uh, the only thing I know how, what to, how to do is cook and, and do restaurants 
uh, and through that, that's what I, uh, I mean, I, I'm not a politician or I'm not, you know, I'm just doing what, what I do and I, with that I try to, to build this beauty uh, community and start, you know, pushing it. But uh, now, I, whenever people ask me where you're from, I say Tijuana. And I get a lot of reactions still. People say, really? Aren't you scared to live there? But then, I mean, I, I have to tell them and explain what's the situation to every person. And uh, I still get mad. Some people say, they look at me and say, but... Uh, you're, you're modeling confidence. You're confident exactly, to live confidence. in your town. Exactly. And you're showing other people that, I feel comfortable here. What's your problem, yeah, right? Yeah. And we, I mean, we, there's these young guys that started uh, doing shirts, you know, like the, the best part of San Diego is Tijuana, and <laughs> Tijuana logos and that, and people wear them, and, and it's all this young generation that they feel very proud, and now it's changing, you know. Yeah, so that, that, was, a, that was a really quick answer, but it, it was still... It, ha- it was very, very valuable. He, he had a lot of good, good insight on there. And, and yeah, it's amazing that he has seen the change. And what, what I've, I found more amazing and so poignant was when he, he brought up the younger generation with, with the printed shirts. And, 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 and that's how you start getting that pride. How people start seeing, oh, you start seeing that name of the city over and over and over. And it's just like, yeah, I'm proud to be here. And it, and it, and it, it's, it works as a spark almost. And, and in Tijuana, again, it started with a teacher that said the, the best part of San Diego is Tijuana. And from there, it had blossomed out into other T-shirts. And, and now, you know, people are proud. People no longer say, oh, I'm from Baja. They say, no, I'm from Tijuana. I'm a Tijuanense. And, and that, that's really great. And it was really, really kind of a compact answer, but it, it had so much in it. And so I've, we had to include that in there. But uh, the next question we went into uh, dealt with uh, Mexican cuisine. In the last couple of years, Mexican cuisine has really stepped up and ele- elevated itself into one of these big cuisines of the world. You know, everyone, we all know, you know, every city is going to have Japanese food, Italian food, you know, uh, these, these certain French you know, these certain cuisines and, and Mexican food. I mean, while we've always been proud, you know, as, as a people of, of our food and what we do, it, it is also really simple and, and cheap food. You know, it's, it's easily replicated, same ingredients, you know, in different applications. And but we're very, very proud of what we do and how we do it. But in, in, in these last couple of years now, you have Mexican restaurants opening up in Paris and London and Tokyo and all these, and they're doing a great job of, of, of presenting the Mexican food. It's not just, hey, here's some Taco Bell imitation that yeah, we're going to sell to you. It's, no, these guys really take the time to go to Mexico and really understand the culture and the food, and, and, and they, they, they do a really good job of presenting it. So we asked them, how, how did that happen? How did that come to be? You, you you couldn't just I mean I don't know there's there's something sparked that and it was good to have somebody that that was so deeply ingrained into that culture to kind of explain it to us so here was his response. Uh, um, people suddenly started to look into Mexico uh, with respect because uh, Mexico first of all became uh, uh, with the it's a list of the top 50 restaurants in the world. 
international chefs from all over the world started uh, looking and, and reading and finding out about what's happening in Mexico and then they started traveling and the word got spread out that Mexico's got some amazing you know, culture yeah. and, and cuisine and, and it begins in Oaxaca and Puebla and Mexico City definitely and of course Baja California's got a big part of it too yeah and uh, I mean I, I just I was just in London last month doing a, a, a dinner for two days, and uh, I brought ingredients from Baja California, brought wines, we brought mezcal, and a lot of people never heard of, of some of the ingredients that I brought. I made fresh tortillas, and they were like super amazing. Not just, like me, a lot of the chefs are traveling throughout the world, yeah. uh, bringing uh, these exotic Mexican ingredients, and people really love it. So now the media, uh, all these uh, TV chef personalities are coming down to Tijuana and doing, their, I mean, to ba to Baja and Mexico and doing their shows, and yeah. that's got to, a lot to do with it. Yeah, yeah, mezcal. That's the one thing. Too. Mezcal, mezcal is now one of the the yeah. fine liquors yeah. of the world. All of a sudden, it's so cool. It's a thirty dollars per shot. Give me the worm with the thirty dollars. <laughs> I remember going to Mexico and buying like two liters for like ten dollars. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy, but uh, it's Mexico's got a lot of future, and, and it's 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 up there with the you know, great cuisines of, of of the world. And you go to Spain, and there's amazing restaurants now, uh, Mexican restaurants. London's got a couple of really good Mexican restaurants. Uh, I'm I'm pretty sure uh, Hong Kong and all those big cities are gonna have pretty soon. Yeah. Not just taquerias anymore. No, no. Even taquerias are really good and, and they, they represent us better. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, not just any taquerias. Really good taquerias are, are opening. In Los Angeles, San Francisco, and San Diego, it's, it's amazing. I mean, they, what the guys are doing, they're even sourcing uh, special corn, heirloom corn, to make uh, the masa for to make the tortillas. So they're taking the time. To source these better and good ingredients and, and grinding their own corn to make masa. <laughs> that's that's I'm excited for that. That that was that was a, another kind of unexpected and, and pretty cool response when they, there's uh people growing their own heirloom finding these heirloom corn varieties and grinding their own corn for for their own tortillas. I mean it's yeah, this whole the, you know taqueria on the corner thing is really evolving into something really, really great, and and yeah, I'm excited. I mean, being from Salinas, we're right in the thick of it. We're right in the thick of it here, and um, and yeah, we're 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 you know with our produce down the valley, we're like on the leading edge of, of this this food revolution. And it's something that we've been trying to push these last couple of weeks ever since, well, ever since we met uh, Chef Placencia. There, there it is. There's our point of pride in our town is we grow, we, we, we grow health. <laughs> we grow positivity. Uh, uh, people are, are allowed uh, a certain lifestyle because of the lifestyle that we lead. Some, you know, we don't make the most money. We're not... You know, it's not the cleanest of jobs, um, but it has to be done. I, I hate to be cliche, 
but somebody's got to do it, you know? And we'll, we'll gladly do it. And we do it with pride. And our parents did it with pride. And we're going to continue be, to be proudful of that. And, and, and we should. You know, we should. We, we are really, really helping these chefs to really push their minds and their cooking abilities and to see what they can create. So to see what the future is. So finally we, we asked him about the... He's about 20 years older than us. So we asked him, what about the youth? What about the younger generation? How do we get them excited about food? How do we teach them that, you know, you must learn about where, where all this comes from and, and how it all works together? And then here's his very, very well thought out, uh, very precise answer. Yeah, he, he was amazing. But this is what he had to say about teaching the younger generation to appreciate food and, and where it comes from. Well, everything starts at home. I mean, if you, I had the, I was lucky to be, I mean, I had both parents and they both, even though they were never at home because they were they work in the restaurants a lot, but um, they gave me a good uh, education uh, whenever they were home. And uh, now with my kids, what I try to do is, is show them Take them to the fields where I work, where I, you know, the farms, uh, to the markets, and teaching them about good ingredients and, and how they grow and where they grow. I mean, I was amazed that, uh, and I feel ashamed, but my eight, my seven-year-old boy, and uh, didn't knew where apricots were from a tree or from the ground. I mean, he didn't, he didn't. so if you, if you can teach them at a young age about. Where how things grow, how they taste, how you you know, uh, that's they'll remember that and they'll they'll make them a better uh, better person overall. Uh, try try to to teach them at a young age. And uh, if you guys, I don't know if you're married or not, when you have kids, everything starts from there. that age, young age, and my kids really enjoy being with me, and when I take them, uh, I take them uh, where I buy fish, I show them, I, even if they don't like it, I you know, smell this, touch this, I uh, had that encounter with the, the food. Um, a lot of people don't, don't know where a fish comes from, that's, that's very sad. And, and I have to say, a lot of parents, and sometimes chefs who are parents, they don't have the time because their kid wants to hang out with yes. them, and sometimes they want to just, you know, yes. make it and then not have to deal with it. But there's a real return on investment, I think, from parenting yes. and as a, making a citizen uh, of teaching them how to cook so that they can feed themselves and and or to grow, you know, just and appreciate you can, you can grow uh, basil, you can grow some rosemary. And people really enjoy watching, especially the kids, when they put a seed in the soil and they watch it grow, and they touch from it and, and smell it and eat it, they, they're amazed. That's how I think uh, it's worked. Now the younger generation get it more. They're more interested in, in how everything you know, grows and where does it come from, how does it taste. We have better customers now, mm-hmm. more, more travel, they ask more questions. Um, Your better customer is an adventurous customer. Yes, and especially all the young generation. 
I mean, they're picky, you know, about coffee, about beer, about wine, and, and we like that. It's going to make us better and better cooks, better persons, better world. But we have, we still have a lot of work to do. Yeah, that was, that was our last question there, and I, I mean, really, I mean, we were lucky to get 30 minutes with him, and uh, again, I appreciate, you know, Chef uh, Placencia for for giving that this, us that time very, very earlier in his morning. He he had a demo to do later on in the day, but but he was very gracious enough to to meet us in that 30 minutes that he had in his morning, and and to, and to answer our questions, and and I hope you know. We were able to give you an insight into how, how uh, the mind of a chef, you know, what, what goes into how they think, how they start a restaurant, how they create a plate, and also how that can be applied into what we're trying to do here and uh, change the perception of our city. And because uh, I, I mean, I think we have a, a easier task uh, to change the perception of, of Salinas than Tijuana. You know, Tijuana is, is known around the world, you know. For, for certain things and and he's doing an excellent job and he's very very it was very motivating to talk to him it was very very calm calm guy very you know the answers just came out of him he didn't pause or hesitate it just what what did this is it and he gave us great answers and so yeah hopefully in the future you know we're trying to pop, plan a pop-up food event somehow. We're going to get him here. We're going to get Chef Placencia in Salinas making food. And we're going to give it away, man. And it's, it's going to be fun. You know, it's going to be fun. Uh, so, so stay tuned. Stay tuned. We're, we're really, you know, got some really cool things planned. And it's going to be fun, and it's been fun. And I, I appreciate everybody, you know, for sticking with us for this year. Or if you're a new listener, you know, welcome on board. Uh, we're having a lot of fun, and hopefully, you know, we can we can teach you some things, not only about Salinas, but about you know international cuisine as well, and whatever the hell else it might be. We live in a really cool area. A lot of people from around the world are really appreciated and want to be here. So we're gonna try to get them every time they're here and put a microphone in their face and see what what we can't say. Um, but anyway, I hope you enjoyed this really really short, sweet quick uh episode of salinas underground podcast and uh, thanks for listening again follow you can follow us on itunes or stitcher that's you know that's the what we suggest of how to best get our podcast you can also you know you were on facebook you just look up salinas underground twitter at salinas podcast instagram as well at salinas podcast the newest one periscope also at salinas podcast it should be getting you know kind of clear look up salinas podcast we should be the only ones that come up. If somebody else comes up, well, more power to them. We want you on board, baby. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep talking about our town, and let's keep making it great. All right? See you all next time.